Welcome to Propel, a podcast by Fellowship Pacific to propel you and your ministry forward in the mission God has for you. I'm your host, Jessica Powell, and today on the podcast, we're talking about how it is so important for us as leaders to be identifying, developing, and building into the next generation of leaders who will be able to carry on this mission we've been entrusted with long after we're gone. And while there are a lot of aspects to leadership development, our conversation today is focused on education and how we can invest in training up new leaders in a different way from the traditional seminary. You're going to hear Elizabeth Faulkner, who's on our leadership development team, talk with Gary Firth about his experiences with Immerse, our competency-based MDiv program. Gary is the lead pastor of The Meeting Place in Nanaimo, and not only was he one of the first graduates from Immerse, he is now one of our current mentors, investing into the next generation. From his experience both as a student and as a mentor, he shares about what makes Immerse uniquely effective in training leaders for ministry while still working in ministry, and why every church should be looking for potential upcoming leaders who they can develop through Immerse. So let's get to it. Here's Elizabeth's conversation with Gary Firth. Hello, welcome to Propel Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Faulkner from the Leadership Development Team at Fellowship Pacific, and I'm here today with Gary Firth from The Meeting Place. Welcome, Gary. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored to uh, be on the podcast. I've listened to a few of them, and uh, it's a great resource for sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for being here. And one of the great parts of my job is getting to work with Immerse and uh, specifically with Immerse students. And as most of you probably know, uh, Immerse is a partnership between our churches, Fellowship Pacific and Northwest Seminary. And the reason we have it is to invest in the next generation of pastors and leaders for our churches. And it really does focus in on that shared value we have a valued leadership. And it's part of our whole strategy of developing 2,500 leaders by 2022. And essentially, really the goal of Immerse is to train the theologically astute leaders. And this means leaders grounded in God's word, they're able to communicate to our culture well, and they're able to lead churches in a way that propels them to fulfill our gospel mandate. And basically, <laughs> Something I was told when I started at Fellowship Pacific is we want leaders who aren't going to blow up churches. Um, and so I think that's kind of funny, but you know, that does encompass a lot of different things. Um, but I hope you remember more the theologically astute leaders, not the blow up churches part. Um, anyways, there's a lot of really cool things about Immerse. I mean, the whole partnership thing um, is exciting. It's a competency-based uh, master masters of the divinity. So it's really about reaching mastery in 27 different outcomes. And you know, the one of the really, probably the best parts of it is that students can do it all in the context of their local church. And so we love that about it, that, that uh, leaders do not have to leave their church to do this. And also it's mentor-based. So students actually get three mentors for the duration of the program. So just imagine, three leaders pouring in to somebody's life for four years or sometimes more. Um, so that's a pretty exciting thing about Immerse. Um, there's much more I could say about it, but we really want to hear from you, Gary. And Gary, as I said, is from the Meeting Place in Nanaimo. He's the lead pastor here. 
there, and I'm excited to have him here for many reasons. Actually, Gary, you may not remember this, but your capstone for Immerse uh, was my very first capstone that I got to be a part of. Um, and so that was kind of a cool, you were kind of the first person I kind of got to see who'd gone through this program and got to share what it was all about. And actually, I think you're the first Immerse graduate to also be a mentor for an Immerse student. So that's pretty cool. Um, maybe you should get a trophy for that or I don't know, <laughs> something like that. But I think that's pretty cool and kind of what we envision for the future of Immerse. And so we're excited about that. And well, really, uh, Gary's just an overall awesome person. So fun to talk to you. So we're really <laughs> glad you're here. Um, so Gary, why don't we start? Tell us about your family, your church, what your passion is in ministry. I know you're passionate about a lot of things and really, you know, maybe follow up with that. What's your current joys and challenges in ministry? Sure. Yeah, those are, it's always good to know who's talking on the other end. Uh, yes. You know, I met my wife, um, will be married 38 years this year, uh, met her uh, when I was actually um, taking a church camp I was the water ski guy. We had a boat, our family had a boat and they asked if, you know, we would be willing to let the kids use it. And so I got sent up there and met my wife through a whole bunch of different circumstances. And it was one of those true, you know, love at first sight. I remember when I first saw her, it was nice. like, man, I really like this girl. And it kind of <laughs> went from there. Um, and since then we've, uh, we've had three girls three three children they're all married and and moved out of the house two of them are in the healthcare field uh one's an icu nurse the other one's a paramedic um both you know work in the front lines with covid uh staying safe but uh yeah it kind of brings a new reality to that and our middle daughter carly um she was in oxford england as her husband mark lee the son of dave lee who was part of a fellowship church. Um, we're living in Oxford as he took his PhD and they're now living in Moncton as he's got a job at uh, one of the universities there. So Crandall University. Yeah, so awesome. yeah, it's really good. No no boys to wreck anything. It was all girls and you know, it's uh, it's been great. It's just been fantastic. That's awesome. I've met your uh, daughter. I met your daughter, Carly. I didn't know that was your daughter. Yes. Yeah. She's like yeah. a fashion, fashion girl. Yeah. 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 So she's, um, it's, <laughs> she's back on Canadian soil, but, um, yeah. you know, as far as my current joys, what, you know, what I love about ministry is uh, I love people. I, I like, I'm an extrovert to the nth degree <laughs> and i love coming alongside people and seeing them have their aha moment with god where something clicks um you know you, you're just talking about something and all of a sudden they just go oh i oh man i never saw that before and it's a reality in their own life mm -hmm. and i just love being part of that that's why i took some coach training through coaches training institute just so I could come along and hone those skills to work with people, ask those questions to, to draw them into the conversation because it's about them, not about me. Uh, so that's one thing I love about ministry is just being able to do that. Um, challenges, of course, I think it's the same one every pastor is facing right now is the lack of being able to connect with people face to face. You know, it's a, 
it's a it's a bucket drainer for me and mm -hmm. zoom as great as the technology is that allows us you know to meet as churches and do meetings and you guys have been doing training through the fellowship ministry center yeah. it's not the same there's just mm -hmm. that barrier um i like to think that the plus side of this is when we come out maybe we won't be so attached to our screens <laughs> people will tend to put those away and it's like i've had enough screen time i need yeah. to do real thing so that's one challenge for sure um you know just that uh, i meet with a bunch of actually fellowship pastors on the island here we meet once a month because of the covid thing we just encourage one another and we've been talking about what we call the invisible church and it's what we mean by that is those people that you would see on a sunday morning come into the lobby maybe see them in the you know listening to the message or singing and you're but you don't know their name or you, you might know their name but you don't have their contact info and now they're so you have no way to reach them like how are you doing and you're hoping mm. that they're not falling through the cracks you know because we can't even see those cracks so that that's a challenge for sure um but yeah current joy is just the aha moments and then of course being able to to preach and stuff like that i just love that yeah yeah so you've gotten used to preaching to a camera then. <laughs> yeah, is yeah. You know, <laughs> I have to, we stuck one of the, there's a, a flashing light that we stuck underneath one of the cameras because I tend to, we have a monitor that allows us to see what people are watching see. So we know when the cameras go dark and stuff. <laughs> and I would always be focusing on that. And I would always be told by the production personnel, like, lift your eyes, lift your eyes, you're looking down. So. <laughs> We install the flashing light. I'm a slow learner, but oh, you know, yeah. it, it is what it is. Um, you know, you just adjust to it and, and yeah. do what you have to do. So, yeah. No, good for you. Good for you, Gary. Thanks for sharing that. I love, yeah. I have them with you. I love those aha moments. There's nothing quite like getting to be a part of that. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, you are a graduate of Immerse. Yes. Um, and you have an Immerse student currently. So I'm curious, how did you know that Immerse was the right path for you? And then maybe follow it. How did you know it was right also for your, your, uh, the leader in your church? Oh boy. It, there's a <laughs> bit of a story, uh, that I'll, I'll share cause it'll help put it in context. How did I know it was oh. right for me? I felt a calling on my life to, uh, you know, get into ministry probably when I was about 12. I remember mm -hmm. sitting in church. I, I grew up in the church. My parents always went to church. So I've, I've just always been in church. And I remember watching the pastor, you know, pre and I remember just looking up and kind of glancing and going, I could see myself doing that one day. I would mm -hmm. love to do that. And that's about as far as that thought went. And then I hit my teen years. And of course I knew everything and went off and did my own thing <laughs> and still went to church, but God wasn't really a big piece of my life, you know, unless, I needed him for something like mm -hmm. I was past curfew coming home or something. I pray like, please God, like let my parents be out or something like that. So they won't know. Uh, but he wasn't re a real reality. Uh, that didn't happen. And I didn't really kind of make that connection back till my late teens, early twenties. Mm -hmm. So there's that time in there. Where I was just kind of off doing my own thing, kind of figuring myself out, seeing what the world was like. Um, but that calling, just kept coming like god's so patient it's not like he just went zap and I, I turned into a preacher it was like he just kept calling me and kept calling me and he was so willing to just let me take the long route and 
one of the things for me was when I started to get involved in church, the leadership level on deacons boards and stuff, people kept saying to me, you should be a pastor, man. Like you've got a pastor's heart. You should just be a pastor. You should be a pastor. And I, and also I kept, well, maybe I should. And so I talked to uh, this guy that wasn't really a mentor, but he was somebody I looked up to. And I said, what do you think? And he goes, oh, I, he says, absolutely. I could see you as a pastor. Do you have any, like, what, what's your education level? And I said, well, grade 12. And, you know, because I've always been an experiential learner. Working with my hands is something that's always worked for, you know, that I just, that's just me. I'm not a book learner. I'm not an academic by any stretch of the imagination. So whenever the talk of seminary would come up, it just froze me. It was just like, that's not me. Uh, you know, all that self-talk of you're dumb, you'll never get it, that kind of thing. And I finally got to the place where that was the piece that was missing. Mm. And how that came about is I was at the meeting place. I was on staff as associate pastor. And we were going through a leadership change. And they were looking for a new lead pastor. So uh, at the time, the one of the founding pastors was still there. And him and I talked and we, we said, well, why don't we both apply? You know, because neither of us had a problem with working under one another or anything like that. And so we did. And it came down to, I went to the interviews with our, the selection committee that was looking and, and they, they called me in and they said, you know, this has been really tough because you and the other candidate are like neck and neck, but there's one piece missing and it's the education piece. They have a master's and you don't. And so that's a must for us. And so we're going to have to take a pass on your, you know, throwing mm -hmm. your name in the hat. And I totally understood it. And so we went through and this guy got instilled as lead pastor and stuff. And it was shortly after that, that the lead chair came to me and he said, have you heard of this thing called immerse? Yeah. I was like, actually I have, I've seen it. Uh, and he goes, what do you think? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I thought of writing papers. I haven't written a paper since like grade 12 or something. And he goes, well, no, but this is more, it's different. It's like immersive, like you're in it. Yeah. And he said, we'd be willing to support you as a church and develop you. And I was like, okay, well, let's try it. And that's when I went to dip days. And um, I mean, that was an experience in itself, a really good one, um, especially now looking back. Yes. But dip days, you better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the old dip days to see, you know, because that's where they assess you and kind of say, is this a good candidate for moving forward? And I remember Kent Anderson, uh, who was like this academic giant in my mind. Yeah. Uh, he was the one doing the interview with Lara McAllister, who was yeah. on staff with you guys for a while. And he said, grab that Bible behind you and turn to Zechariah chapter one, verse three, and, and, and just read it for me. And I was like, oh, okay. So I grab it. And I open it up and it's a Greek Bible. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't read Greek. Yeah. So I'm trying to thumb through thinking, I think Zachariah would probably be about, you know, three quarters of an inch in or something like that. And Kent looks at me, he goes, I'm just, I'm hassling you. I knew it was a Greek Bible. I was just, I was just bugging you. But that, so that was kind of my foray into dip days. It's kind of like, wow, I feel like yeah. I'm in over my head kind of thing. But uh, long story short, I did enter into the Immerse program, 
and this is how God works. He, he's absolutely amazing how he works. Just as I was coming in, doing my capstone that you were at, mm -hmm. our lead pastor felt a call to somewhere else. Wow. And so he was leaving. And somebody came up to me and says, are you going you gonna to apply? You should apply. You should apply. Mm -hmm. And had I not taken a MERS, it wouldn't have even been an option. Right. Because I wouldn't have had the education piece. But it was just very interesting, the timing. So I had him as my mentor going through a mercy mentor mentioned that we all have mentors. You have three wow. of them. He was my pastoral mentor. And it was just like this natural handing off of the baton. Yeah. And so, yeah, amazing. Like you, you couldn't script that. I mean, it was just incredible. No, it's beautiful. It's how you, you hope that's going to, how you kind of envision and can hope it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. That yeah. leadership pipeline and yes. really did work in that circumstance right yeah, yeah. yeah. and so now we have a student uh in a merce mm -hmm. and the the reason i knew that this person would be a good candidate is because him and i are ex extremely alike in our personalities mm. this guy loves people he he's got some good critical thinking skills, but it's just that honing and shaping that needs to take place. And that's what's so great about education, you know, on a different level and immerse and stuff like that. So I went to, it was funny, I was on the other side of the table at dip days, you know, and I was assessing <laughs> everyone else. It was kind of <laughs> surreal that way. But um, that's how I, I, I was just like, he wouldn't have gone to seminary for four years, where you yeah. kind of remove yourself from everything for four years and then you come back yeah. but because it's in the context of your ministry right that's what makes it so brilliant like it's because you're learning real stuff on the ground it's not book learning come back and go well what's what's with all these people how come i have to deal with them now right you're doing that yeah. all the way through so and that's kind of i just it was just a hand and glove fit and we and i've got my eye on two more people in our church that we're gonna throw in the pipeline if you know if, if that's what they want to do but i see the potential yeah. in them for sure yeah yeah i love that you have a big vision for this for developing leaders and really that's what this is immerse is about is having that vision for the future of preparing leaders for your own church and even for the broader um church in general so i love that about your vision gary and i just what i noticed about your story and i hear this again and again um, from different leaders coming into Immerse or however they get into the journey is someone, you know, identified them as leaders, right? They said, hey, I see this in you. I see this gifting in you. So you had someone all through your journey, you had people confirming that, which is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. then you had all these kind of stretching experiences, right? Where you kind of practically worked it out. You had mentors in your life, people equipping you, and then you had the support of your church when it was time and you were ready to go and be educated. And I, I mean, I just see that story, kind of that cycle again and again of, of how that um, development of leaders often happens. So yeah. it's just exciting to hear your story. Gary. It's really, I mean, it's discipleship on a different level. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to divide discipleship into different levels and just as all the disciples that follow Jesus all started with an invite, yeah. come follow me. And, you know, he saw something in them. I want you to follow me. I want to teach you. 
and it's the same thing. That same principle plays out. We identify and go up. I mean, yes, there's some people that that calling on their life is so strong. It's just like, this is what I want to do. How do I do this? But generally, like you say, the story is the other way around. It's somebody just serving God, serving others in the church. And then you get the tap on the shoulder and say, hey, I've noticed something in you. Yeah. You'd be yeah. interested in. Yeah, absolutely. So I just think we need to be tapping more shoulders. Absolutely. And you're not going to have everybody who you tap on the shoulder go the distance. But yeah. if you're not looking for those people, then it's definitely not going to happen. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um so I'm curious, how has, how has Immerse prepared you for your current role? Oh, that's a, that's a good, <laughs> in so many ways. Like how would I even, uh, I remember when, <laughs> I mean, I go in, I'm, I'm, you know, over 50 going into Immerse and I'm sitting there in this room looking around and I could be most of the, most of the people in that room, I could have been their dad. <laughs> And they're straight out of school and college and, you know, they're, I'm thinking, oh man, like I am just so not, this is so not me. Like I just felt like I was a, literally a fish out of water and, you yeah. know, uh, but so when I got into, you know, you read your assignment, it says write a paper on and right away. I'm just feeling the ice go through my veins, like write a paper. When's the last time I wrote a paper? But that whole process, I mean, as a pastor, when you're writing a sermon, you're pretty much doing that every week. Right. And so it was just learning the different lingo. Uh, what we try and do uh, for our messages on Sunday morning is we try and take words out and keep it bottom line, really tight. In academia, it's more put words in, expand on your ideas and, mm -hmm. you know, so go from what could have been maybe six pages and expand it to 11 and stuff like that. So it was a back and forth exercise that way, but now I'm seeing the benefits of it. Yeah. So a lot of the things that it prepares you for in your role as a pastor or a leader in the church, some of them you don't see till later. Mm. Like it's there, but you don't really see And then all of a sudden it's, you know, have that aha moment. It's like, Oh, wait, that, Oh, okay. I remember doing that. And this, oh, okay. This is how we can use it. So, mm. um, it's prepared me as far as building my confidence. You mentioned how all through Immerse, you have people speaking and pouring themselves into your life and affirming what you're doing and, yeah. you know, encouraging you and inspiring you and, and, you know, pushing you and mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. Uh, and that is a good thing. And if you could bottle it, I would say to every immersed student, bottle it and then smother yourself in it when you need it. Because in ministry, we're dealing with people, we're broken, we're messed up, we're hurt and hurting people hurt people. And things will be said to you and you kind of just have to push through that. But boy, is it hard, especially the criticism, you know, I didn't like the way you did this. And why did you decide to do that? And but immerse you get to actually experience that as you go along. You're dealing with people in crisis, whether it's a sudden loss of a loved one or a job or something like that, and you're ministering to them on the ground. And then you get to reflect on that through an assignment. Wow. Learn in that. What could you do better next time? That kind of thing. So that that is the beauty of Immerse. I kind of lived by this quote by Benjamin Franklin. It says, tell me and I forget. Mm -hmm. teach me and I remember 
involve me and I learn. Mm, that's a good one. And that just, that's a merce in a nutshell right there. Yeah. It's, you're, you're involving, you're immersed in it. And it says, you know, immerse is the described is defined as involve oneself deeply in a particular activity. Mm. So it is aptly named. Yeah. <laughs> you are immersed. Yes. <laughs> in all kinds of things. So it's like a cannonball into it. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. I think it was. Oh, right. it totally how, does. How, how yeah, I love what you said, how it builds, it really builds your confidence because it is a safe place to yep. kind of learn new things, to fail. And um, I mean, one of the things that we really look for is pe people who are, who can take, who are willing to take, um, not criticism, but willing to grow, willing to, willing to face those things about themselves that are not where they should be yet, willing to kind of walk that journey of self-awareness and yeah. really look at themselves and look who they are in God's eyes and how, look at their strengths of how God can use them. And that's not an easy, that's not an easy path, as you said. It's um, not, but yeah. you touched on something there that is so key and it's the self-awareness piece. Yeah. Um, one thing that I learned in Immerse that I was totally unaware of was I had an experience in grade four and this all came out through some these um, self-reflective exercises that you do in Immerse. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were doing a spelling test and I'm going through and the teacher's walking up and down the, the rows of desks looking and she stops at my desk, grabs my spelling test, walks to the front of the class. Okay, this is grade four. She says, excuse me, class. And, you know, everyone looks up and she says, this is how you don't do a spelling test. And she just called out all my mistakes in front of everybody. I felt like, wow. like like a little but it was just like i was devastated yeah. and what happened is oftentimes when we face a um um a trauma like that as as humans but especially as kids is we kind of we make that agreement with ourselves: is i will never let that happen to me again or i will never put myself in a position and so what i did is i made an agreement in my mind that teachers were out to get me yeah it. and i just it, that carried right through so when i got out of high school it was like like anyone that would have have me in a position where they could critique me wasn't really that interested and so when i went into immerse i mean i had this fear like professors i mean these guys are you know you hear stories of i got my paper back and it was bleeding red and it was this was wrong and, that, and i was like oh my goodness this is going to be terrible yes and what i learned was everyone that's involved in immerse at it like the professors your yeah. mentors they are 100 percent in your corner awesome they are not there to make you feel dumb anything and i felt so supported and it kind of helped me change that outlook awesome. and this is like i don't know 40 years later it's just yeah. like wow um so i would say to anyone that's kind of listening and thinking yeah you know i don't know about school i didn't have a good experience in school this is different yeah it really is and i know that might sound trite but it is so no and i love to hear that because that really is what we're we're trying to do right is to to support people through their learning 
um, but also to help them reach mastery. So not to like, it's, you know, we want people to get through and have mastered these 27 different outcomes. And so that's not always, you know, some, some of those are, you've already are going to get there quickly and others you're just going to have to work at and accept the um, help of your mentors. But the idea, the thing is that we're in your corner and supporting you all along the way. So I I love hearing your testimony about that. That's amazing. Um, So what about, what do you actually I'd love to hear what about your current student though how do you see like he's you know and I think he's in his second year how do you see that shaping him if you're comfortable sharing that well interesting uh he just uploaded a paper uh, about a month ago and all three of us all three of us, me and the two other mentors yeah all commented at different times and we all said the same thing this is your best paper yet awesome like, so the progression from his first year to now, like, uh, because you have these reflection papers, which are kind of, you know, how you're feeling about things. So, yeah. but research papers and things like that, they're more academic in nature. Yeah. Right? So it's not your opinion. It's the opinion of other experts that you agree with and kind of, you know, use to support your argument. And his, this was a reflection paper, but it actually read like a research paper. <laughs> it was fantastic. So yeah. I'm, I'm already seeing, and I don't know if he's seeing it. Like he heard us, what we had to say about it. He heard our, uh-huh. our comments on it, but it's like the force for the trees type thing. You don't really see it until you stand back and then look mm-hmm. and go, oh, wow. So um, I can see the progression happening. Um, I can see his critical thinking skills are changing, mm-hmm. how he approaches a problem or an idea and thinks it through. Um, so, yeah, I'm seeing lots of improvement and um just love coming alongside him because yeah. he, i like you said uh, i think there might be one other i think wes parker might be a mentor as well for a student uh, not right now not okay. right now yeah um, yeah and the the bonus for that is i've been through the immerse program so it's like <laughs> i can i can say to him don't fall behind or if yeah. you do don't sweat the small like just you know, encourage them because it can be really easy for, because it's a self paced kind of program, the way they set it up, it can be really easy to, you know, life presses in, things happen. You know, a lot of the guys are younger, they're just getting married. So there's that, that whole dynamic. Mm -hmm. Some of them have been, been married and now they're having kids and that is a whole life change there. So all these different things, like life just presses in, it just does, you get sick, whatever pandemic uh, might come to mind. Yeah. Uh, and so you have to be able to kind of roll up your sleeves every once in a while, dig in. Uh, I think Krista calls it um, right after a seminar, students all upload a bunch of stuff. And then she says, and then they go dark. Yes. <laughs> all, all the students are, have all gone dark because they're kind of like, oh, I just did a bunch of uploads. I can wait yeah. for a while. And it's like a period of three months. And then the next seminar comes and they all start uploading stuff. So yes, it's been do. really good to be able to share my experience with them. And, you know, hopefully it's helping. I think it is, but yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that self-paced aspect of Immerse is really a, a big attraction, right? Because yeah. you can you can fit it into your life. We always say it probably takes you about 20 hours a week 
Yeah. But a lot of those hours can be where you can fit them in. Yeah. Unlike a traditional seminary where you're forced into a certain schedule. Yeah. Um, that's kind of one of the really big benefits, but also that doesn't work for everybody, right? Not yeah. everybody is able to manage themselves in a way. Um, and so we, we can see that happening where, where um, if you're able to pace yourself and organize yourself or learn how to do that, then you're often going to be able to be quite successful in um, the way Immerse is designed. So, Which yeah. is going to come into play if you are in a, you know, lead pastor role or an area where, you know, youth or whatever, where you are kind of in charge of your ministry area, you have to be organized. And so it all works to the end good. Like it's all helping you. So this based stuff, right? Cause it's, if you're in charge of your own area, you don't have somebody saying, this is your deadline. You have to set those yourself. So that, that's, that is the beauty of immerse coming out right there. Absolutely. So it prepares you in so many different oh. ways. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> The, just the academics, um, which is exciting. Um, yeah, yeah. So how do you know, like, how do you know your church? How did you know your church was ready for an immersed student? Um, yeah, what, is, what does a church need to consider when, when supporting a student on this journey? I would say if, uh, you know, someone from a church is listening, going, yeah, I don't know if we're ready or not. I would say this, if you have people in your church that you would identify as a leader, like you say, yeah, I could, I could see some potential in them, uh, then you're ready. If mm -hmm. you have young people in your church that are coming up behind you, because we all have a shelf life, right? Yeah. And it's up to us to, I heard it put, and I can't remember who, I can't remember if I read it or heard it, but basically the gospel message is one generation from disappearing. Because hmm. it's, we pass it on to the next, we pass it on to the next, we pass it on to the next. So we, in reality, have to be good stewards of mm -hmm. that message that God has entrusted to us, which if I was God, I would have said, I'll just do it myself. Thanks. <laughs> but he's entrusted it to us, right? Yes. And so it's our responsibility to be good stewards with what we've been entrusted with. And part of that is training up people that can carry that torch so when we step back into the limelight, someone else has got that torch and they're carrying it and they're passing it on to the next person and the next person. So if you have people in your church, you're ready for to have somebody go into immerse. Mm -hmm. I can't get any simpler than that. Like you, you could come up with all kinds of excuses. Well, this, there's this and there's that. And what about this? But if you're serious about the gospel message moving forward and your church being part of that, <clears throat> get somebody in immerse hmm. yeah, so it's, yeah. it's like it's you're almost saying like you can't not do this right because really, yeah. and, and we, we would say the same thing you can't not find a way to develop leaders in your church because yeah. the future of your church depends on it and actually the present of your church depends on it right Absolutely. and I always like to say I've heard this from somebody good leaders attract good leaders yeah Whenever you invest in leaders and help them get better, you're actually going to attract more leaders. And so this is just something, this is like a must do, I think, is that yeah. 
thinking about how you're going to develop leaders. Um, and, and, and like you said, look at it as it's an investment, not a cost. Yes. An yeah. investment. So <clears throat> how I like to look at it is uh, Camp Quanos. We're all familiar, you know, being yeah. fellowship, we're art owners with Quanos. Yeah. And we just had Scott Bailey come and share at our church, you know, some of the things God's done through the pandemic because it looked pretty grim there for a while, but just the stories, you know, God showing, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he said, because I asked him, I said, you know, we always talk about us being part owners and, you know, so maybe expand on that. Like, what does that really mean? Like, are we paying your mortgage payment or what? Like we're part owners, but what does that mean? Yeah. He said, here's the best way to look at it. We have the facility, the, the heart, the drive and capability to reach kids in a way that you never could as a church. Mm. Not that you can't reach kids, but you can't reach them the way we can because they're set up for that. Right. So by us being part owners, we have that piece like they're experts in what they do. And that's mm -hmm. loving kids back to life. Immerse does the same thing. It can train leaders in a way that we never could on the ground. You've got professors, you've got mentors, you, you, a network of seminaries and everything else behind you. So why wouldn't you say, look, you can go get trained by these people that are set up for that. And we get the benefit of having you along the way instead of saying, well, we'll see you in four years and hopefully you'll come back here. They're yeah. blowing up in the church. So to me, that that's why it's a no it's it's a, it's almost like a non-negotiable you almost have to do it and i don't say that to be strong arming somebody into it hope it doesn't come across like that but man just think the gospel message is one generation from disappearing yeah you know, that, that's great it's a great way great way to explain it thank you for that example um yeah just kind of following up on that a little bit like how does having a MERS student like does does that how does that help kind of the leadership development culture in your church does it does it contribute to that in some way or what do you think i look at it as um i had my thoughts and they're just they're just <laughs> they just I well, they flew out of your mind that happens to me it's, well, it's a big question. Um, it is a big question. Oh, what, what, what I, the culture. We always have people watching us, whether they're in our church community or outside. They're always looking and watching. Mm -hmm. And there are people that are invested in, in, you know, they're stakeholders in the church. They believe what your the local church is doing and they're in. They support it financially and prayerfully and all that type of stuff. And I think it goes a long way when they actually see the leadership developing leaders. Mm -hmm. um, and we had that. I mean, Kent Anderson, who was my mentor, uh, he came over and spoke a couple of times and they always took like 10 minutes to just kind of do a review. Hey, you've got this guy here, blah, blah, blah. And this is what I've seen in him. And then everyone just like, yeah, you know, like, woo, that kind of thing. And so they're actually seeing it. It's not this ethereal thing that happens in the background that you don't see mm -hmm. um and so, so we're doing the same with our student you know yeah. we always mention to people like so and so speaking today he's part of the immerse program he's like two years into his masters and and it just helps people go, wow you know and then we just mentioned like if that's something that interests you come talk to us 
that kind of thing. So it, it, it reinforces the culture. And if you don't have the culture, maybe it'll instill the culture, the leadership thing. Cause yeah. it's one of the hardest things to do. Uh, being a mentor, Krista always says to the mentors, your job as a mentor is to make your student, the graduate mm -hmm. better than you were. Yeah. And that can be very intimidating. Yes. And so we tend to hold back because we don't want somebody to outshine us. It's like, <laughs> well, I worked hard to get here. I want to stay here. And, but it's not about that. Right. It's about the humility of letting someone else. And that all creates a leadership culture because then you're not afraid. Your identity isn't in your role. Yeah. You know, we're all, all pushing the ball the same way down the field. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we ha we've actually over COVID uh, at Fellowship Pacific been developing kind of a new tool when to help people, help churches kind of figure out a plan for creating that culture of leadership development. So if this is something that you are struggling with or you just want to get better at, we do have a new kind of workshop called the Leader Culture Framework, which is all about developing that culture of leadership development. And one of the areas that we say that is important is this area of education and support. And not that everybody is going to engage in that, but it's one of those pieces that just raises the bar a little little. And it, it sometimes just gives something for a young leader to, to, to reach for, right? So they see this immersed student being trained and getting better. And they're like, well, maybe one day, maybe God's going to do that for me. And it, you know, just raises that, that vision in a young person's mind. Well, maybe I could do that. And it's kind of interesting. I have a meeting today with somebody who just reached out and said, you know, I'm just, maybe I, I how did you do this in your life and become a leader? Mm. I'm wondering if I could do that. Right. And so when mm. other people see other leaders who've gone ahead and gone a certain journey, they start to think that way. So just want to encourage um, churches out there. If, you're trying to figure out how to do this, you know, reach out to us. We'd love to um, help you along that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So Gary, this has been great, but mm -hmm. any final encouragement or challenge to churches or students who may be considering immerse any final uh, thoughts on that for us? If you are listening to this, and you're thinking, I've heard of Immerse, or I've never heard of Immerse before. This sounds interesting. And so if your interest is peaked in any way, mm -hmm. pursue it. Mm. Like, chase it down. Just, I mean, the worst case is you go, that's ah, not really for me. Right. And that's not going to hurt anybody. It'd be more devastating for you to not pursue it and miss out on something. Mm. So if your interest is peaked, you're thinking, Hmm, I think I could maybe do that because I wasn't really like the academic student that, you know, I think you need to be. Um, and not that that's not a piece of it, but it's not the thing. Um, mm -hmm. Pursue it. So check it out. If you are in leadership, leaders are learners. Like mm -hmm. continually, we're always learning. It's not like, you know, I'll oh, check the box. I'm here. I don't have to do anything <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Uh, I am learning so much mentoring my students. Oh, yeah. Is I, because they're writing something or reflecting on something. I never thought of it that way. That's actually a really cool way to think about it. Plus, I get to read the feedback from the other mentors that are on the team. And I'll go, 
that's a really interesting thought too. So I'm, we're all learning. We all learn from one another. It's not like I've got it all figured out, you know, it's perceived mastery. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's moving that direction, but it's not like you've arrived and you, you check the box and say, okay, I've, I've done learning. Right. We're always learning. So having a student will press you in that. I'm learning as a mentor, you know, like this is my first time as a mentor in immerse and I'm learning tons about how to be a mentor, but I'm also learning tons of, you know, revisiting some of the assignments I did and going, oh, that's a really interesting approach. I would have never thought to come at it from that angle. So, um, and if you're listening to this and thinking, oh man, I'm too old. I entered immerse at 52. It was 52. Yeah. And if you asked me even 10 years ago, would you ever get your master's? It would have been like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I was a master of a boat yeah. you know, fishing career, but yeah. that's about as far as my master's went. So if you're thinking you're too old, you're not, if you're thinking you're not the student, you're not, you are, you are the student, you can be the student. You have got a team of people that want to support you mm -hmm. right from your professors, right on down through your church, the fellowship, you know, ministry team, everybody is on your side awesome. and they want to develop you. So pursue it. Just look at the idea of it. Talk to somebody. I'm available too. Like feel free to send them my way. I'd love to talk to anybody that's, that's interested in, you know, what's it like. And Right. So you heard it here on the Propel podcast. If you're interested in Immerse, just call Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. As you said, I know Gary would be happy to talk to you and encourage you on that. Um, but also, if you are interested, yeah, don't hesitate to give me a call. I'm kind of the first uh, step if you're interested in the Immerse journey. And I would love to talk to you, walk you through it, or just answer your questions. So please, if you're interested, let us know. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gary. Just appreciated your testimony of how God has worked in your leadership journey how he's used Immerse to propel you into maybe places you never could have imagined uh, without that help. And thank you for continuing to pour into another leader and other hopefully future yes. uh, leaders. We just appreciate your ministry so much. And yeah, thanks for being here. Have yeah. a great day. Yeah, you betcha. And I appreciate you guys too, everything that you're doing for the local church. So thanks very much. Thanks for listening to our episode today. Before you go, I want to challenge you to pause for a moment and consider who there is in your church or in your circle of influence who you see leadership potential in. Who do you know who needs to be tapped on the shoulder, as Elizabeth says, and affirmed as a leader? And how can you help them to move forward in their training and development so they can be the leader who God intended them to be? As it was mentioned in this episode, if you're wanting to get intentional about developing leaders in your church, but are not sure where to start, we have a brand new resource called the Leader Culture Framework that we've created to help you develop a framework for leadership development. And if you're intrigued by this idea of a competency-based MDiv program, if you're thinking of someone who needs to check it out, or even if you are the one who would benefit from it, please reach out to us. We would love to have a conversation with you and help you decide if this is the next right step for you or someone you know. 
You can find more information about both of those and contact info in our show notes. And for all the other resources and support we have available, visit our website at www.fedpacific.ca.